We interrupt this program. Nah, it sounds better when he does it. We interrupt this program to bring you Courage, the Cowardly Dog Show, starring Courage, the Cowardly Dog. A fan named as a pup, he was found by Muriel, who lives in the middle of nowhere with her husband, Eustace Bag. But creepy stuff happens in nowhere. It's up to Courage to save his new home. Stupid dog, you made me look bad. Yeah, what was your childhood? Welcome, this is a mini-sode. It's bite-sized, it's so mini. We are flipping it and reversing it this week because I'm bringing you something oh so sweet and special on a special day this week as well. It's not gonna be on Friday. We are flipping and reversing it and doing a little bit of dream jamming. The special episode is gonna come on Thursday this week because it might be a special day you know it's not like it's a big deal it's not like I was born on that day or anything of that sort it's not like I'm super psyched about Halloween and might get dressed as a certain character it's gonna be great tune in Thursday 1am be there you see I see you cool moving on I would advise for this one that you join the visuals. You click the link below and watch it on YouTube because this is a weird one. Also, I'm in no way, shape or form encouraging this, but if you're already a person that might like drinking slash smoking some, this is a perfect one to get just blasted. Just get blasted, everybody. I am not promoting that, you know, in any way, shape or form. But, you know, if you're already that kind of person, do it. Today we're talking about one of the first inspirations for true crime, one of the first interests. And I vividly remember, it was me and my brother, we were on a Cartoon Network binge. It's like, of course, appropriately so. So, you know, it was just like the regular setup of Ed, Dad and Eddie, Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Laboratory. And then suddenly, you know, my brother went to somewhere and, you know, the Cartoon Network was still playing. And the regular programming was interrupted by Courage, the Cowardly Dog. And I was like, this is so weird. Why does it end this way? Why is this cartoon the weirdest thing I have seen in the longest time? And then I fell for it. And ever since then, this this podcast had roots from Courage. But today, we are gonna talk a bit about Courage, not gonna lie. But then, we're gonna go into the wildest sets of like conspiracy theories of... Was Courage based on the real story? What is this cartoon about in the first place for you to even understand anything? I'm gonna put some clips in, but it is pretty much what was said in that intro. So every single episode, Courage has like these human-like features as well. So he lives with this elderly couple, Muriel and Eustace. And they are in this house in the middle of nowhere, but somehow new figures, new scary people pop up every single episode and it's up to courage to just face them. And usually Muriel and Eustace like don't care or aren't aware or just think like it's a nice innocent guest. And they have sets of the creepiest characters. Partially what makes the show creepy is just how morbid these characters are. One of the most memorable ones for the fans will be this one where it just seems like a mask but the person never takes the mask off. Or this creepy character that just came across the house and and then his shaven courage completely and his shaven his head like try to flush him down the toilet. It is bizarre sets of circumstances and it always kind of ends with like 
hey, baby courage survives. It's kind of ends on that dissatisfying note. It's like, whoa, outro music. And you're like, but uh, are they ever gonna pop back? You're kind of left on the unnerving note. Everything about this cartoon is unnerving. And that is exactly why we love it. So every single episode, Courage would encounter monsters, aliens, demons, mad scientists, zombies, vampires, everything from like paranormal, supernatural. There's this one where people were like, yeah, this kind of seems like some Skinwalker episode, which will become relevant later. However, how does it end? Because it didn't have that many episodes. I think it was 52 in the end. So this last episode kind of... Courage makes peace with himself, because obviously Eustace kind of belittles him every single episode, as you could hear from that intro. Muriel is like this nice Scottish lady. However, obviously, he is kind of being bullied throughout all of these episodes. And in the last one, kind of see him having this meal with Muriel and Eustace. And the whole episode is about of him dealing with being imperfect. And everybody's like, Mano, you're perfect, Courage. And even the ending sequence kind of just says, perfect. And you kind of end on like a happy note, considering it's Courage the Cowardly Dog episode and no episode ended this way. So why are we even discussing today whether this was based on a true story? It sounds pretty unrealistic, doesn't it? Dogs don't just go away and save their owners and save the world, Maya. I know. But there are a couple of things. I mean, mostly slight conspiracy theories, but a couple of things that maybe kind of tickle your mind. You're like, hey. So the first thing is this image that I'm going to share on the screen that I have seen. And that is that the middle of nowhere is an actual place in New Mexico. So this elderly couple that owned the house with their dog apparently witnessed a set of strange incidents. And they once reported even seeing a creature that they identified as a skinwalker. As you remember, there's this episode on Courage, delving into that and portraying this one character very similar to a skinwalker. But after reporting what they have seen, the family disappeared under strange circumstances. And only their dog was found. Now, we're gonna go back into this because this is actually factually kind of incorrect. But then when I read that there is a house in New Mexico, I was like, okay, cool, where exactly in New Mexico? And then I went down a Reddit trail. And you know that if an episode goes down a Reddit trail, it's, uh, it's gonna be weird because I never use Reddit for research. So do you remember True for Consequences? Does it ring any bells from the early days when Motive was still the name of this podcast? Yeah. So a lot of people have speculated that, uh, yes, this was based on a true story and it was based on David Parker Ray, the toy box killer. Yeah, that piece of work. I'm not gonna go into details of David Parker Ray's case. You can always listen to it. Basically, he was charged with kidnapping, with sexual torture, and eventual murder of three children. The connections with this story is that David Parker Ray lived about seven miles north of True for Consequences. And it's more about the predatorial similarities. So what were the strategies that the predators, that the villains in the Courage the Cowardly Dog have applied? That kind of applies to David Parker Ray. You see where this conspiracy is going? So all of them 
try to win sympathy from the family with this sub-story to be allowed to enter. So it was always like, hey, I'm actually, you know, it's like there always had to be a reason for them to actually be in the middle of nowhere and just be like, oh my god, well, now where, where else do I stay? <laughs> you quite literally live in a place that's called nowhere. They will be tricking the homeowners with these promises of money, movie deals. You know, Eustace would always fall for that shade, like, oh yeah, of course, he wants to leave. He is grumpy as fuck. Like, he wants to leave this stupid dog behind. And then they would usually cut the phone lines and offer help and then act like, no, they were great all this time. They totally didn't just torture courage for about 20 minutes. However, of course, when you check this out, you're like, ah, this is so loose, like, this is actually not even making sense. So this one, yes, does sound super loose. However, there's two other more credible ones. One of them is skinwalker theory. So, however, there's not that much known about skinwalkers in general. So, from what we know by now, New Mexico skinwalkers are defined as these humans who have crossed over to the dark side. Kind of like signing a pact with the devil, let's say. So the similarities with Courage the Cowardly Dog, you could say, are that they are changing forms. So kind of all of these villains, I mean, first of all, how are they there? For like, what, 52 episodes, there's 52 different characters. How do they find it? What if it's all one same person, just changing shape? But also, skinwalkers take interest in a human before attempting to convert them. So it could be this obsession with the strength of the humans, the lust of their beauty, but they will stalk for many months before making any moves. Now, courage episodes didn't really lead to any resolutions, and at times they kind of made you believe, like, it was all in your head, you know? Were these people shifting? Were they ever there? Did this really happen? Because they didn't kind of lead anywhere. And Eustace and Muriel still believed them, so were they really evil? This brings us to the third theory. Okay, this is a conspiracy story in itself, but it's where this episode is currently gonna lead us to. And that's a story about William and Margaret Patterson. So this couple kind of was actually living, yes, in a cottage in the middle of nowhere, and they did have a pet. However, that pet was Tommy the cat. So they didn't have a dog, they had a cat. Remember how I told you there was a real house? Yep, people have actually lived there, but they had a different kind of pet. And the wife, Margaret, again, was described as this form, warm, friendly, caring, petite. Does it sound like somebody? To a certain degree. Cool. I get what you mean. Listen, let's just, just animate. Amuse me for a second, okay? Let's just say that this is correct. And William was not the nicest person. He was just described as a grumpy old guy to everybody that lived with them. And he wasn't even, like, that old. Kind of like Muriel and Eustace. Yes. The two of them were last seen in March 1957, after this neighbor brought some Girl Scouts cookies to them. This neighbor, Jerry Cash, felt unwelcome, probably because William was a bitch, and just left soon after bringing these cookies. And she kind of described the whole situation like, Margaret wasn't really happy this time as well, she was just unhappy, and then William seemed like, it kind of seemed like he came in the middle of the argument. And well, he was the last person to have ever seen them. The two of them actually owned the business, Patterson Photo Supply. 
and were known in the community that apparently had a house in the middle of nowhere. And to this day, their disappearance is still the open case in El Paso Police Department. Of course, their friends immediately got on to like, "Mm, what has actually happened to them? First of all, they left their cat behind. So it was actually a cat that kind of alerted people that that the owners never actually got back because the friends were at first thinking, hey, maybe they went on to this vacation to Florida. They just left their assets behind. But that was weird because William owned a boat, a Cadillac, and property in Mexico, and he also had some stock. This was suspicious to their friends because they had dinner with some of them just a couple of days before the disappearance, and they didn't mention any plans, anything that they're going somewhere, going on vacation even. Not just that, but there was no like sign of them that they're gonna even disappear. They actually made plans with these friends for later that week. It's, they were only they were only alarmed once they realized that Patterson's competitor, this guy called Doyle Kirkland, actually was in a possession of Patterson's vehicle. So he just had like a Cadillac or one of the cars that uh, William had. And was just, you know, kind of like, hey, displaying it in his yard. And they were like, uh, sorry, I think that's not, like, your car. He was like, no, 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 it's fine. They left it in my possession when when they went on holiday. And they were like, okay, let's go and check up on the house. And sure, the friends go to the house and they call the cops. Because they find, obviously, the house in complete chaos. It just looked in a complete disarray. Like, piles of dishes in the sink. Something, again, you probably wouldn't do, like, just going on holiday and it was just described as like devoid of life and then they see this cat coming out and the cat is properly disheveled malnourished it just hasn't been fed which again as a pet owner you wouldn't just leave your pet behind so besides not taking the tommy tommy the cat other evidence kind of was the proof that they didn't just plan to leave the town so all of their expensive clothes, because yes, they were rich, like uh, Margaret's fur coat, were just left with the cleaners. So they were just left with like dry cleaning without any instructions, like store them and I'll pick it up in X amount of time. Then all the utilities, stuff that you might disconnect if you plan to go for a long time, weren't disconnected. So any like electricity, water, any bills no change of address, so the mail was still, during all of this time, coming to the exact same place in the middle of nowhere. There were dishes in the sink. And also, the Pattersons had been planning to attend the National Photographers Association convention in D.C., but they didn't show up, or and they booked up the hotel. You know how before they would like book up freaking hotels? <laughs> months in advance or they didn't attend the conference I don't know, that reminded me when I went to the spa, I was the 13 year old person going with my great grandma to spa and I was loving it I loved a life but yeah, you had to like book it months in advance or this spa would get booked and I would quite literally be the only child there I was making the most out of it also coming to breakfast super early to eat like that extra sweet bread, yeah (laughs) <laughs> literally be the only child the average age was like 70 <laughs> it would be like 13 year old me like hey guess who ain't having no boyfriends guess who ain't dating anybody guess who is here with her best friend great grandma love and respect for grandma cool moving on when the police now took this case and they actually started digging they realized that this couple wasn't really 
all out there in the open, right? Everything is so superficial with freaking rich people. This is why the goal is never to be rich. Then you don't have to hide dirty secrets. So William had a mistress down in Mexico. Her name was her name was Estefania. Now why is this funny to me? It's just okay. I watched Solok with Ado Conel Hill best telenovela when I was like thirteen. No, it was 15, 16, when this telenovela was showing back home. So it's like a Mexican telenovela and it had the weirdest names. Like the main characters were Marichui and Juan Miguel. And I was falling for that love story, not saying that I wasn't. But yeah, they were just like Estefania, Candelaria, which again is like might have as well named her Candelabra, you know. But when I heard the name Estefania in that series, I was like, yeah, this is not like a real name. But yeah, apparently it is. Also, it reminded me of another thing that happened at uni. And this is when we, you know, stereotype like, oh, what would that person's last name be based on, you know, wherever they're from. So in the UK, they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, you must be named like Harry or Tom or Ben. Your last name must be like Brown or Scott or some weird shit. (laughs) Some weird shit. Well, I had this Venezuelan friend at uni and she got super triggered. I mean, this guy was a bitch, this professor. But anyways, he kind of just did not remember any of our names but yeah he just kind of screamed from all the way across the corridor he's like hey gonzalez can you come here and she was like first of all she didn't even want to turn around because of course her last name was not gonzalez so she kind of did like just to see who the hell is gonzalez because we don't have a gonzalez in journalism and then it was like oh me yeah this is totally great you see do better people if you suck at naming names then just don't presume be like hey you girl that is doing the essay on that i'd rather be you girl than you being like yo then you'd be messing up my whole name and history and stereotyping me and putting me in a box cool moving on (laughs) what the fuck he had a mistress and stefania was also questioned Also, Margaret's family was questioned, and it came to light that her parents didn't approve of William to begin with. So they made her choose between him or them, and, well, she chose William and moved on and has never seen her parents after that. But now, they kind of didn't get anything from this family. So they're like, I mean, this is desperate now, this case is gonna go cold. And it did, but not before somebody happily volunteered all of this information. And that is, you guessed it, that neighbor that had his car. Yep. So Ward cooperated with the police. He was like, yeah, sure, whatever you want to know. This is the dirty, this is the garbage or like everything. Everything that's completely irrelevant. I just want to be present in the investigation. Completely not like a hundred red flags. So he said he had a lot to say about William, not so much about Margaret, but on William, he said that, yep, he recalls this, again, irrelevant event, where William got drunk in Juarez, Mexico, and picked up a fight with a waiter. And it turned out that, yeah, and he was the one that told them about the 20-year-old mistress. So this girl, first of all, looked super young. And then second, like, the waiter was getting really weird vibes because of the age difference. So they actually refused to serve her. And then, yeah, he, like, fought with the waiter. He was like, yeah, this tells you a lot about this guy's character. And they were like, sure, whatever. However, this case obviously didn't lead anywhere, like it's still unsolved, so we're only left with theories. The sheriff, the El Paso sheriff, actually said himself, his name is Leo Samaniego, so he actually says he thought they were spies just because of how they disappeared, 
how professionally in a way and they didn't leave any trace it just looks like they kind of picked up and left and he said the russians or whoever sent them probably told them to drop everything and go back some people said that they had seen patterson take photographs of fort bliss and of the military shipments of the trains that came here Ooh, speculation However, then the FBI agents said that there's just no evidence that they were ever even suspected of espionage, that they were ever spies. Espionage. What, what was that accent? I suddenly sounded French. Espionage? Let's not say that word ever again. You know, the spy stuff. Yeah, espionage, but the English version of it. <laughs> But then William's dad said something interesting and he said his boy has done this before. So he always knew that Pat and Margaret would take off someday, but he figured it would be in four or five years. So what does he mean? He said he made his living doing slate of hand tricks, basically like he was a crook kind of thing. But then even his dad gave up on it after a couple of years of not hearing from his son and he said like he believes they were dead just because they didn't make any contact with him. Obviously other theories are that they just went into some financial trouble, fled the country or somebody you know took them out and yes then in that case they would have just probably kidnapped them. If you remember they kind of seemed like they were having an argument on the very last that they were seen so maybe it was you know financial troubles maybe they knew what is gonna come for them and then that thing just ended up coming for them ended up happening. Then obviously there's another theory, just one looser than the other, that um, William, that William killed Margaret and fled the country, or that Margaret found out that William had a mistress, Estefania, remember her, and that she killed him and then fled the country. But again, there's just no proof of them ever actually leaving the country in any way, unless on top of that they were also spies. But then there's a more believable theory more human-like let's say you know not like hey they were abducted by aliens or maybe they were spies one day the couple's accountant herbert roth received a telegram from wh patterson which was wrong because he knew that this is immediately suspicious because william's last name William's middle name didn't start with an H. William's middle name was Duncan. I love how accountants knew these things back then. I mean, they should kind of have a copy of your passport, so they should know even right now, right? <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> oh, life. And he was instructed to sell a home owned by Patterson and act as a business manager for their photography business. And then he was to use that money from selling the home to support the photo business as well as to rent out their house for nine months. After that, he was instructed to hand off the business to none other than Doyle motherfucking Kirkland. Remember the guy that was in the middle of that whole investigation? It was like, hey, actually, I know Patterson's, hey, I'm, forget about the fact that I'm the business competitor. So how... Weird. So it's like sell everything because you are you know the business, right? You are the accountant. So sell every little thing, make sure you make the most money out of it, and then pass it on to Doyle. Smart man, Doyle. So maybe it was a lot more human that people have suspected. Maybe just somebody else has been plotting this for a long time now, and he's like, okay, now I'm in the clear. You know, they have interrogated me. They have cleared me. 
this is when I attack. Now obviously the police is looking into this telegram, into like where it came from. So for starters, it was order over the phone, which means that there's no handwritten original in existence. Which again means anybody could have placed it, placed the call to Western Union office in Dallas. I mean, it might as well mean that it was the couple that was just in that area at the time. But then, why would the couple, why would William have, like, why would William put a different initial of his name? Surely, if you want to make sure that your assets, that it's you sending the telegram, that your assets are kind of distributed in the right way, you wouldn't put a mistaken initial of your last name. That's again, this, this podcast, this episode is off rails and it's cool. But this is again a really smart thing, like kind of like picked up from Crime Jackie and their rules, but this is smart thing to have like different ways of basically telling people things. Like with me, because I'm always paranoid, like I have like a code kind of line that sounds really innocent, like something normal that normally people would say, but you yourself wouldn't. So, for example, if I was ever to get kidnapped, yeah, I have a line that I would say. But yeah, obviously, I'm not gonna say it now. But you know, like when, um, you know, like when we covered Kaczynski last week and he had like eating cake and having it chew, something like that. Like, think of an expression or something even on a daily basis, like just being like, hey, how are you doing? And like, maybe you wouldn't word it that way. Or just being like, hey, I'll be back home in like five minutes or like a certain time. And then you don't actually say the time. Like certain things like that that you would actually say when on the phone to somebody. So if you ever twist it, they know it's a red flag and you're in danger. So here, clearly he must have given somebody the wrong middle name of his. See, William, my man, cheater, but still. <laughs> cheater, but let's forgive him for a second. After that, everything went dead. So they were seen in New Mexico several times, but they were officially declared dead in 1964. And how does this tie back to Courage? Well, the urban legend going around is that the true story of Courage links the missing couple with sightings of skinwalkers prior to their disappearance. So after everything was that, after all of these clues, in 1984, so how many years after, the caretaker, so the former caretaker of Patterson's, Reynaldo Nangare, actually came forward and said that he has cleaned up blood from the garage. And he actually cleaned up part of the scalp of the Patterson's boat. And he claimed he has seen the associates of the Patterson's putting a bloody sheet in the trunk of their car. And the reason why he never said anything earlier, because he feared deportation at that time, because he was undocumented back then. And uh, weirdly enough, this didn't go anywhere. But it didn't go anywhere, because Ronaldo died two years later, after saying that the police. Everything is sketchy about this story. I don't like it. This is why conspiracy theory... This is why conspiracy theories exist in the first place. And now before we tie this back to why, how does it actually relate to courage? How does any of this even relate to the story or like how everything was portrayed? Well, I kind of just want to stop at the whys again. And this time on the why do we need to believe that certain stories are based on true events? Personally, I need this. But again, 
you might not and drop me a comment if you're not this type of person personally i look for true crime as opposed to fake crime as opposed to like horror stories and all of that nonsense because i kind of need to understand that this is the amount of evil a person can produce this can actually happen otherwise i'm like i'm not buying this this is unrealistic for me so i think that's why even with courage you're like no but these monsters can actually be real like they can actually exist because who the hell in the right mind then would pop up all of these characters if they're not based on somebody so what happened to tommy the cat and how does it all link back to courage to wrap it all up let's go back to tommy showing up under nourished and just wandering the streets sort of like alerting the neighborhood that something was very wrong once he reappeared they took him to this cody animal hospital where you know they kind of just fed him kept him there for a few days and we don't actually know again what happened with this cat so let's just say we're seeing the similarities right it's a disappeared couple they have similarities with muriel and eustace they have had a pet they lived in the middle of nowhere they have all of these shady characters in their life who might be turning up not to be who they are. And then suddenly everything just goes up in the air. Everybody just disappears. It is kind of less far-fetched than the David Parker Ray theory, maybe. So entertain me for a second. Let's say we are buying into these similarities. Let's say the dog was the key all along. Patterson's wouldn't have left Tommy behind, just as Muriel wouldn't have left Courage behind. Courage came to the realization of who he was and accepted himself at the end of the show. What if Tommy did too? And he left with his owners from the middle of nowhere. And the cat found the scene was not Tommy after all. Huh. I'm gonna leave you ponder on that until Thursday <laughs> and then I will not resolve anything but think about that yeah think about that as a pet owner would you ever leave your pet behind what if this was somebody else's cat they were undernourished they probably look differently would anybody have even noticed when they haven't seen the owners for months? Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and also YouTube. Everything is gonna go visual really soon. It's a more personal experience for everybody then. Everybody can leave comments, make recommendations. You can actually have visuals and, you know, we can start actually building this community of making the world a better place one motive at a time. But until Thursday, when I'll see you, yeah, special, special day, special episode, be there. And definitely make sure you subscribe on YouTube, because this is going to be very visual. But until then, keep saving the world the way courage would have done. Good bye, fuckers! Oh, oh, dropping the mic, oh, dropping the mic, oh, dropping the mic, oh. This is burning my hand, burning my hand. Oh, mm mm mm. Who let the teeth out? Who, who, who? Who let the teeth out? Who?